Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The volume. No! Oh my God! How could he do that? Are you on? Don't What? Charles Darwin. The nerves is where it's at. Welcome everybody back into Nerd Sesh. As always, I'm Carson Brevard. Alongside me is Logan Camden. And today we are going to be talking about the big Monday night football win that we just saw from your Pittsburgh Steelers, Logan. I'm happy for you. I am bummed though that it makes it that much tougher, that much less likely that we will see you wearing a toupee (laughs) at the end of this year if the Steelers miss the playoffs. But obviously on the back of two defensive touchdowns, A very strange win because of that, but what did you take away from this for Pittsburgh? A very strange game, a very strange win. My takeaway, my big takeaway from this game, Carson, is that the Pittsburgh Steelers are not going to win meaningful football games until they fire Matt Canada. Like you just alluded to, Steelers, two defensive touchdowns tonight. Our defense outscores our offense. They score 14 points to our offense's 12 points. And you see fire Canada chants throughout the stadium. I mean, that last drive, Carson, it's just demoralizing when your defense keeps stepping up, keeps making these big plays to just keep you in the game. It has been a consistent theme throughout Matt Canada's tenure since he took over in 2021. That last drive from Pittsburgh, we need one first down with three minutes remaining, and we can put the game on ice. Our defense worked their asses off to put us in a position to be in the lead at that point in the game. And we can't even muster a first down. Our defense has to step up again on another possession before the game's over. I just think that he is a major handicap to this offense. And I took a deep dive to look at some numbers to add some context behind how poor Matt Canada has been as our offensive coordinator. Again, I think this game encapsulates it, that our defense outscored our offense. But I got the numbers for you, Carson. Since Matt Canada took over in 2021, the Pittsburgh Steelers are 29th in pass uh, in passing yards per attempt. They're 27th in rushing yards per attempt. They're 31st in yards per offensive play and 29th in total points scored. We dive a little deeper into this. Carson, since 2021, they have one 300-yard passing game. 
Chicago is the only other team with one such game. Six teams have double-digit 300-yard passing games. The stat that's been going around on Twitter the past week, they have no 400-yard games of total offense since Canada took over. They are the only team in the NFL that does not have a 400-yard game since 2021. Every other team has at least three of those games. And in the one season that we saw last year without Big Ben at the helm, the Pittsburgh Steelers were dead last in total touchdowns with 30. Four teams doubled the Steelers' touchdown total from last year, and we still managed to win nine games. And this is my favorite stat out of the ones I found, Carson. Here are the stats of an average offense since 2021. This is 36 weeks of football that we have to... uh, (laughs) to to dive into 340 yards per game 22 points per game that's average that's league average the Steelers have four games of 36 where they have checked both of those boxes that is again dead last in the NFL to add some more perspective behind that stat 17 teams have 14 games where they check both of those totals not even close to being average I would argue Matt Canada hasn't just been bad. I'd argue he's been the worst offensive coordinator in the NFL since taking over. There's no dynamism. There's no scheming guys open. There's no attacking certain packages. You have that 71-yard play that finally gave me something to smile about as a Steelers fan on offense with that 71-yard TD to George Pickens. Carson, in Matt Canada's entire tenure, we had not had a 70-yard play from scrimmage before that. The most we had had was 59 yards. Uh, The only thing that the Steelers have been good at in his tenure is converting third downs and not turning the ball over. That's something that they have frankly sucked at through two weeks. Again, we have some turnovers today. We have some turnovers last week. Kenny had probably three more balls that could have been intercepted last week, probably had three passes that could have been intercepted additionally in this game. This offense has been unwaveringly apathetic for three years and even worse for the past two. For me, Carson, there just comes a point where it's not about Pickett. It's not about Najee. It's not about the offensive line. It's about the coordinator. Like I said at the start of this, until the Pittsburgh Steelers get rid of Matt Canada, I don't think they're going to win any meaningful football games. I think they desperately need a young mind to come in here and overhaul this offense. I just don't think Matt Canada knows what he's doing. He severely handcuffs this team. I mean, this is not a game that Pittsburgh should have won, dude. They needed everything that they got from their defense to win this game by four points. I think he's the worst offensive coordinator in football, Carson. And if I was Mike Tomlin, if I am dealing with this until we get to our bye week, I don't know if he makes it through the bye week for me. Steelers fans have been calling for his head for two seasons. When is when is enough enough? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Well, I do think that Canada sucks, and I think that he should be replaced, and I think that there's a complete lack of creativity there, which really stands out when you see how much Mm -hmm. a truly great offensive mind can elevate a quarterback, can elevate an offense as a whole. We've seen it with Kyle Shanahan and the various quarterbacks that he's been able to turn into really good offenses in San Francisco. We see it with Mike McDaniel. Obviously, great weapons there. Tua is very good, but how he can make that offense feel almost unstoppable at times with his use of motion, his offensive creativity, and you just don't get that whatsoever from Canada. I do feel like you are singling in on him a bit much, though, because I think this entire offense is underwhelming, and I think that there are big personnel issues here, too. I don't think the line has been impressive through two games, and I think the vision would be with Kenny at this age still not really proven as that sort of creator or elevator or really even a great game manager at this point in his career would be 
to have a run game to lean on. And that's why they invested so much mm -hmm. in Najee. And we just haven't seen that vision. The last couple of years, yeah, the Steelers have been a run-heavy offense, but they haven't been particularly good at running the football. They haven't been efficient. And we are seeing those same issues this year. A really rough day on the ground, 55 yards total on 21 attempts. I just don't think that Najee is the running back that the Steelers hoped he would be. I don't think that he has the sort of burst that they expected from him, and he just continues mm -hmm. to struggle to really have an impact on the ground, to have explosive plays, which this offense, as you mentioned, is desperately in need of across the board, on the ground, and through the air. I don't think he's helped by the line, but I also have been really underwhelmed by Kenny Pickett through two games. Yeah. And it's not that I expected him to turn into the sort of guy who could elevate offenses just because I think that would be a really massive leap. I'm not sure he has the athletic profile for that in terms of arm talent, athleticism, his ability to make plays with his legs, but we have seen bad decision-making. You mentioned a lot of turnover-worthy plays through these first couple games. We've seen accuracy issues. We've seen some issues in terms of pocket presence and feel. There's just really nothing to like about this offense outside of George Pickens, who's a monster, and really made that touchdown play. Obviously, it was the right read. It was a good throw by Kenny Pickett, but it's a 40-something yard run after the catch open over the middle of the field. But it's like you said, you can't go anywhere meaningful with an offense this limited. We had the exact same conversation about the Patriots and Mac Jones and their all-around underwhelming personnel and lack of really creative play calling. You just have a very low ceiling. At the same time, the Steelers are as good at winning football games like this as anybody. And that's what they have proven over the last few years with Ben Roethlisberger's injury first, then his regression, then Kenny Pickett's rookie season last year. Their resume in terms of winning while at a massive offensive disadvantage is unrivaled. 2019, they go 8-8. Eight and eight. With the number 27 scoring offense, this of course is the Duck Hodges in the boys year, Mason Rudolph, but they were actually even worse <laughs> than that. They were 31st in offensive yards and points per drive. They got helped by a handful of defense and special teams touchdowns to boost them all the way up to the number 27 scoring offense, and they still went 500. Last year, they were 9-8 and eight with the number 26 scoring offense in football, and I think that a huge part of that is not just how stellar they are defensively, but it's exactly what we saw tonight. And you said this, Logan, in a text chain that we're on. I tweeted out a stat about this. They have the best duo of defensive playmakers in football. TJ Watt has 25 forced fumbles since he entered the league. That is the most in football by five. Minka Fitzpatrick has the most defensive touchdowns since he entered the league. He averages one per season. So they can legitimately go out there and win you games in a way that is unique in football. But they're not going to go out there and win you multiple playoff games when your offense struggles to put up two touchdowns in a football game in 2023. And that's what's so frustrating. Thank you for saying that, Carson. That's what it makes this whole situation so frustrating is Mike Tomlin has showed us his track record to build mm -hmm. great defenses, to find great players on defenses and make them play above expectations. T.J. Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick, I think, are the best duo, uh, defensive duo in football. Uh, Micah Parsons, I think, is as big a game wrecker as T.J., but I still think he's number one. It's frustrating because the offense doesn't need to go above and beyond. 
We quite literally just need an average offense to go out there and win games. An offense that can sustain drives for a little bit and give our guys rest and just can march down the field and get field goals, just generate points. But we haven't been an average mm-hmm. offense. We've been a flat-out bad offense. And Carson, you mentioned our struggles with Najee. Look, man, I've been a, a skeptic of Jalen Warren for a while now, but there comes a point where you look at the track record with these two guys. They aren't in a different situation. Warren gets less touches than Najee, but Warren yeah. is legitimately explosive. Is He's catching screen passes out of the backfield and breaking tackles. And he's, like you said, there's no... I don't know if that angle injury took away from Najee last year and is still lingering where he had the plate in his foot. Najee has no burst when he touches the ball at the line of scrimmage. Warren legitimately does. And then on the Pickens point, Carson, that's where I'm not going to give Canada a pass. I don't think our offensive line is great. I don't think Pickett is a elevator of that right now, of the offense right now. He's got weapons. Fryermuth, Calvin Austin, George Pickens could be one of the best wideouts in the NFL if he just got the ball. It's like Keyshawn Johnson. Mm-hmm. Just throw him the damn ball. If you get Pickens the rock, good things are going to happen. And so... Honestly, the guy that I feel bad for the Steelers defense and all this, but I also feel bad for Kenny, man, because I think this is a really bad situation for Kenny in terms of he has an offensive coordinator that doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't have a running game to lean on. And so it's just, Kenny, go out there and see if you can improvise and see if you can make plays. There's still nothing. Two games have gone by. There's still nothing to write home about the Steelers' offense except for George Pickens, like you said, Mm -hmm. and we knew that coming into the year because of what Pickens has shown us uh, showed us in his rookie season. Yeah, man, look, the Steelers could still somehow manage to win seven to nine games because this is what they do every year. I don't understand it. I've been watching this team do this for three years where we win defensive battles. We can't score points longer than that. Like you said, 2019, back to mm-hmm. Duck Hodges. We can go five seasons running. This is what we do, but there's no playoff hopes. There's no Super Bowl hopes. That's the ultimate goal. And we are wasting prime years of a Super Bowl caliber defense with one of the worst offenses in the entire NFL. Last four offensive series for the Steelers, four punts. It's really remarkable to win a game like that when they started that stretch trailing, especially. To me, they do still come in fourth in what I expect to be a really tough division. I just think that level of an offensive deficit is tough to overcome, but The defense was stellar today. Obviously, the playmaking stands out, but they were good situationally. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I think the Browns' offense has cause for concern, and I think that defensively, they actually continue to look pretty good. The pass rush wasn't quite as dominant today. The Steelers' pass rush down the stretch was absolutely monstrous and ate Deshaun Watson alive. But I also think that it's difficult to overstate the regression that we have seen from Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson compared to the bona fide top five quarterback he was in 2020, even on a miserable Texans team. That just wasn't his fault at all. He was super efficient. He limited mistakes. He was a great creator. And then last season, he was really brutal, struggled with accuracy, struggled with pocket feel, but it was a slate of tough defenses. It was late in the year in some bad weather. He was just out of rhythm. And so I expected to see some improvement, not a bounce back to top five level, but also not the same extent of struggles that we saw last year, but he doesn't look any better, Mm -hmm. dude. I mean, through a a couple games, he's completing 55% of his passes. He's averaging under 200 yards a game. He's got two touchdowns to two picks. His accuracy 
is way off. He is spraying balls all over the field. He takes six sacks in this game. Again, part of that is the monstrous power. Part of that is him holding on to the ball for too long. He's relying on his athleticism, it feels like, more and his ability to try to make plays with his legs, which just wasn't the foundation of his greatness at his peak. And I think that he is, at this point, actively holding the Browns back because we can talk about mm -hmm. how the Steelers weren't able to push the ball downfield late in this game, but the Browns weren't able to push the ball downfield at all, and their one explosive play was the Jerome Ford run. Other than that, in the second half, they were just out there screwing it up offensively too. So this is a really, really talented football team. Losing Nick Chubb, obviously, is a big-time loss, and you just pray for the guy because, of course, he had the injury back in 2015 in college where he blew out his entire knee. He injures the same leg today in a pretty gruesome fashion, and they wouldn't show it again on the broadcast. We don't know the details, but it's definitely not good. Mm -hmm. But even though he may be the best pure runner in football, I still think this line is pretty damn good. We see Jack Conklin injured today, but I still think it's a good line, and I actually like Jerome Ford. I know that he sucked in week one, and he had the fumble, mm -hmm. and he was super inefficient. But I think he's got solid vision. I think he's got solid agility. And then he's got pretty good speed and he's got some power. I mean, he's built like Chubb, like the 5'11", 220. He's able to bounce off of guys and keep going. So I still think this should be a good rushing attack, even without Chubb. And they have pretty solid weapons. And then they have a really good pass rush. And I would say an overall good defense still only let up 12 points in this game after a dominant week one showing. It's just Deshaun, and it's not only that he was inaccurate. It's not only that he had bad pocket feel. I mean, he killed them with two very costly turnovers in this game. That is singularly what swung the game. We are back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football's more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and sign up with code NERDS. New customers can bet just $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, with code NERDS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problems with gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. You're exactly right, and I think that's why you should be worried about the Browns. Now, I think you make a great point, uh, Carson. This team is stacked in terms of talent, where they have a great offensive line that I think is going to protect better than this. The Steelers just... Yeah. The Steelers are just a different beast. When they're healthy, they can get pressure like this, and they got pressure like this. I want to emphasize, too, without Cam Hayward in this game, Larry Ogunjobi played one of the best games I've seen from him. I was a little worried last week. Uh, he struggled against San Francisco. He didn't practice all week. Just shows up and balls out here on game day. I think the Browns' offense can be good, but it is really on Deshaun, and Deshaun has looked 
horrid. I mean, what, we're going yeah. on eight weeks of actual football that we can go off of. And we gave mm-hmm. him a pass last year because he got six weeks. He showed up midway through the season. Just a tough spot to jump into. Deshaun had happy feet in today's game when pressure got home. He didn't look comfortable at all. He looked rattled. He looked at times where he wanted to hold on to the ball too long, but he also had points in this game where the pressure's not home, and it's like he's seeing ghosts where he gets scared and the pocket's still up around him. Mm-hmm. His arm has also looked poor. He's made poor decisions. This is not the Deshaun Watson from two years ago, and I'm not exactly sure why. I don't know if it's a switch from playing outdoors now in Cleveland uh, from the dome that he had in Houston, uh, if it's a confidence thing, if it's a rhythm thing with his receivers, if it's his offense. Deshaun is the only thing holding this team back from winning 10 to 11 games this year, and he yeah. certainly has the talent and the physical abilities to be better and to get this team to that level. It's just, will he do it? I wouldn't bank on it. And this is a guy that I ranked Carson in my top 10 QPs heading into this season because I was so confident in him bouncing back. I mean, right now, I think I definitively take Brock Purdy over Deshaun Watson. And I mean, I'm just going off of two weeks, you know? I mean, I think Deshaun is slowly slipping down to that Jimmy G, that Ryan Tannehill, that Derek Carr, the just that middle tier. And I know Deshaun has the tools to do it, but at some point you have to show us. And again, this is one of the best situations in football. I really wonder, Carson, I don't know, man. I mean, do you turn to DTR? Do you see if Jacoby Brissett wants to come back from Washington? I don't know, man. I mean, you can't do that, obviously, because Cleveland's paying the guy, you know, one of the biggest contracts in the NFL. That's why it's impossible. But He's, he's been completely underwhelming through two weeks, and he has shown really nothing uh, positive to look forward to the rest of this season, especially now that their best offensive player uh, is probably out the rest of the year. And just for some more context on how legitimately bad he has been since he returned last year, because there's no other way to put it. He's playing at the level of a bottom 10 starting quarterback. And that's not to say that he can't climb out of this, but after a full offseason, I certainly would have expected him to progress a lot more than he has in those eight games, a completion percentage of 57 averaging Mm. 186 yards through the game with 11 total touchdowns to nine turnovers. I mean, he's inaccurate. He's a turnover machine. It's really problematic. And you make the Brock Purdy comparison. Deshaun is in the tier right now of guys who are liable to actively hurt you in spots. Mm -hmm. And he is not in the tier of guys who are able to generally make good decisions and make accurate throws that they need to from clean pockets even like he's just a disaster and the contract man is going to go down in infamy because whatever progress he's able to make is he going to justify a record-breaking contract i just don't see the world in which that happens and What I said is this is the sort of team that could win multiple playoff games if Deshaun is able to play as a top 10 caliber quarterback. The roster is that good. The identity running the football is that established. The pass rush is that elite. And uh, they just don't look like that team right now. So I still would expect them to be firmly in the playoff conversation and probably in the playoffs, honestly, because the roster is this good, but you just can't rely on a quarterback to win you multiple games when they are this erratic. And I don't even know if we can say inconsistent because what have really been the good moments? They have been few and far between from Deshaun Watson. So anything else you want to get off your chest about this game? 
I just hope the Browns guys are healthy. I hope Chubb mm-hmm. makes a full recovery. I hope Zadarius Smith is good moving forward. I hope Greg Newsom is okay. Yeah. The Browns really got beat up in this game. Uh, the biggest loss is obviously Chubb, but Zadarius and Newsom are, are huge to this defense too, especially with the impact he was able to make. And then Newsom in the nickel, he's a great slot corner. So uh, I just hope the Browns players are healthy. I do want to go on record though. Right now, after the Chubb injury, I know the Steelers offense has struggled. I think I'd have them three. I just don't have faith in this Browns mm-hmm. offense without Nick Chubb to to put them over Pittsburgh right now. I think Cleveland and Pittsburgh are in the exact same tier. Uh, just too much of a limited offense to really do anything meaningful, but I'd have the Steelers slightly above Cleveland after this game. And it is worth noting that that super talented roster has lost two of its maybe five best players likely for the season with the Chubb injury and with the Jack Conklin injury. So mm-hmm. I thought that Dewan Jones looked solid in there today, but yeah, they are being bit by the injury bug. There's no doubt about that. All right. Well, just a quick check in from us. We got to talk about a Steelers primetime game, of course, especially against a divisional rival like this. And it was a big win for the Steelers. Keeping hopes alive and Owen to start with the offense looking like this would have been rough, but they've got the superheroes defensively who made stuff happen. So if you enjoyed this show, then you can always find more Nerd Sesh content. You can subscribe to the Volume YouTube page to watch all of our full shows with video. You can listen to the podcast across audio platforms. You can check out our merch at thevolume.com. The link to that is also in our link tree, which is across our social media bios. And you can follow us across social media, TikTok and Instagram at Nerd Sesh, Twitter at Nerd underscore Sesh. That's where you'll see our trivia content. You'll see some clips from the show. So check us out across all of those platforms. You can also check us out on Cameo. That is at our link tree as well. And you can join our discord in the same spot where you talk throughout football games, talk about basketball, building a community there that we really enjoy. So with that, as always appreciate you guys. I've been Carson Brabber. I have been Logan Camden. And this was nerd sesh. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.